Hustle culture is cute in theory, but eventually it leads to burnout and lack of fulfillment. Then again, as enticing as it sounds to sit in meditation for years as a monk, abandoning Western culture altogether is not really an option for most of us. So where is the in-between? I like to think of it as a world where dreaming big and living slow coexist. I'm Tia, host of Dream Big Live Slow, a podcast for entrepreneurs like myself seeking a life of soul-filled work that still allows time for those slow moments that make us feel the most alive. Join me as we break down realistic mindfulness tools used by real entrepreneurs working towards a life of both dreaming big and living slow. Also, be sure to check out the end of every solo cast episode for free guided meditations. All right, let's do this thing. Hello, hello. Hi there. So happy you're here. Thank you for always listening and tuning in. I'm so grateful to be chatting with you through my microphone. (laughs) I have been a little stumped trying to figure out, you know, what exactly to speak about during my solo episodes because my knowledge of mindfulness and meditation is so, it seems so broad and also hard to put into words. And so I'm very grateful for all of you that reached out on Instagram and gave me some of, shared some of your current challenges um, in entrepreneurship and in life and some of the questions that you have regarding mindfulness and meditation. Because it sparked a lot of direction for me in what could be valuable. So with that being said, one of the first things I thought I would dive into after looking at some of your questions, and one of the most important that I think almost encompasses a lot of the questions that at least touches on all of them and is a good starting point for everyone, is developing a meditation practice. How do we do it? And from that question, I thought more importantly, it's important to make sure that I share with you all why it matters, why it matters, why it, why it is valuable, or why it would be beneficial to develop a meditation practice. And so I thought I would start there and dive into tips on how do we get started? Like, what, how do we get started and how do we keep a practice? Because it's hard when you, you know, even if you know how to do it, just getting the motivation to show up every day. So I am very excited to be sharing tips on how to build and develop and stay consistent <laughs> with a meditation practice and also why we want to do it in the first place. I think that's a huge motivator <laughs> is understanding why why we want to do it. So before we get started, I did just want to say Thank you, everyone who listens and supports. And per usual, we're just trying to reach as many people as possible. If you could leave a review and follow the podcast on iTunes or Spotify, follow the podcast. That really helps us see, you know, how many people are out there listening. And also reach out to me on Instagram or even email my website, tlra.com. And you know, share this, share this episode if it resonates with you. 
with anyone in your life that you think would find value in it. But as always, just thank you for being here. I'm so grateful. So to start, I thought I would share when I saw this question come in about how do we develop a meditation practice? I thought, well, (laughs) I want to start pretty much how I start all of these solo episodes is I just kind of give myself a prompt essentially and start writing, free writing in my journal. So I'm not typing anything up, but I just start writing in my journal of what comes up for me. And like I said, like I mentioned, I think the first place to start with developing a meditation practice is to understand why you're doing it. And for me, it it is such a hard thing to put to words of why we meditate because we're not wanting to be attached to a certain outcome. We don't sit down and say, okay, this is going to make me feel better or these are my results. That's that's not, you don't strive for anything when you sit down. You're supposed to, it's supposed to be a space where you sit non-judgmentally. But there's this weird dichotomy of you're not striving, but you also have to be disciplined. You have to have some motivation to sit down every day because you're not going to just do things when they feel good. I know this from personal experience, but the word discipline is always kind of like weird to me. I think I've mentioned that on the podcast. It is something like triggering in me. Obviously, it's it might not have anything to do with you, but for me, it's something in my past that <laughs> that brings up weird feelings. But, you know, there has to be some motivation to sit down every day without saying Okay, I'm going to sit down for results. Anyways, so the first thing I wanted to start with, uh, start with, is I thought I would read you just what came up for me in when I was reflecting on why I sit, and also a meditation practice. I don't know if I've mentioned. I know I've mentioned this before, but I'll repeat it for sure. Is there is a thing called a formal sit, and a formal sit is where. You know, you actually sit down in a quiet space. Maybe you light some incense and we'll dive into the ritual part of it after a bit. But, you know, you sit down and that is your formal sit. You practice mindfulness and you can do mini meditations throughout your day to day. And that's what you practice mindfulness in your day to day. But our formal sit is how we cultivate that mindfulness, that ability to be mindful. So, And I'm not saying that's the only way. (laughs) I'm always like, there are a million nuances and I must reference all of them, but you get the idea. I'm not a black and white thinker. I don't think this is the only way. I'm just telling you my experience. Um, So we're sitting in our formal sit to practice exercising our minds, essentially, and doing something that is not autopilot. So sitting in stillness is giving us that space to really do that. And I thought I would share, like I said, some of my writing of what came up. And I thought this could be good for even if you wanted to save this and replay it at any point. If you're needing a little extra motivation, just remember the time code and reference it back Um, because it is hard to be motivated to sit down and meditate. It It is simple, but not easy. And It's a simple practice, but it's very, very not easy. It's hard to show up and you need some extra motivation. So I would say definitely using 
the uh, referencing this could be helpful for you. And when I first started, before I could really see clearly, you know, why I was doing it, something that was helpful for me was I would read books on mindfulness or meditation. I would read books on meditation right before I sat down, you know, little ones, I can give some references, but like wherever you go, there you are by John Kabat-Zinn or, you know, mindfulness in plain English. Those are just some little books or Zen, the art of simple living. Um, I could go into a bunch of different references, but reading a book that ex- that tells you about mindfulness and meditation and tells you the benefits of it because it is hard to put into words. It's hard to put into words why we meditate because it is such an inward experience. <laughs> it's such a um it's such a spiritual experience. And the whole point of meditation is to not really put words to it, but to experience it. So I would reference, I would read books, you know, before my sit to kind of remind me, okay, get the motivation to sit. (laughs) So that is a tool you can use. But I thought I would share this reading or this writing that I came up with. And perhaps you can reference it as well, if you find it resonates or inspires you at all. So I wrote, I show up for stillness to return home, to return to my breath and my body, to become reacquainted with the soul, and to create space between the soul and the ego. I become a silent observer, which rarely happens without stillness. I make peace with every feeling, every thought that arises. I say hello and I greet sadness, anger, fear with compassion. And I tell her she can stay as long as she needs. And somehow, those words and that kindness is all she needed to stop lingering and to fully move on and pass through. As the observer, I see the brevity of not only life, but all things, thoughts, feelings, joy, pain, my youthful face, my health, jobs, moments, material items. Everything is fleeting. Nothing is permanent. And to become attached to any of it, creates unnecessary suffering. Through stillness, I am able to let go of my attachments and separate from my ego. And wisdom washes over my being. The longer I sit, the more I melts away. And the divinity of the soul that lives inside this body becomes clearer than ever. I know that I must step back out into the world and return to the human experience at some point, and I will. But stillness is what reminds me of the wisdom within me. Sitting is the practice that strengthens that wisdom within me. 
and allows it to carry over into the moments that I am not still when I return to the human experience. So those words were just some of my personal experiences with meditation, and I could probably go on forever. (laughs) But I wanted to share first some words that were truly my own of my experience through meditation and developing a, a practice. And obviously, meditation has a lot of its roots in both indigenous cultures and Eastern religions and Eastern cultures. But I wanted to talk about what Buddhism says about about meditation because some of the teachings really do a far better job of explaining and give you, you know, the motivation to know that these practices have been impacting people and changing meditation has been changing people's lives and giving them more peaceful lives and and more abundant lives for since the beginning of time and since the Buddha was around. But in Buddhism, there are the four virtues or four immeasurables called the Brahma Viharas. And those four, those four virtues are essentially what the Buddha taught as what we can cultivate, the states of being that we can cultivate through meditation practice. And it's through meditation that we are able to become more of these. And those four states are equanimity, loving kindness or metta, compassion, and appreciative joy or mudita. And equanimity is essentially the feeling or the state of the wisdom that, you know, we are all one, we are all connected Also, compassion is known to be something that we can cultivate through meditation. And same with loving kindness. Loving kindness is letting loving kindness flow through you towards other people and ourselves. And appreciative joy is how many of my teachers have described it is more of a true authentic joy for the someone else living an abundant life. But there is, I mean, mudita is the word in Pali, and it is, there's no real translation, is what my teachers have said to English. So, but these states of being, you don't have to know the word, you just, they are what we can cultivate through our meditation practice. And we can become more of by sitting in stillness. And practicing tuning into our breath, becoming the observer. And like I wrote a lot about in my reflection was that there is this wisdom within us. And I see that wisdom as a lot of overcoming the ego, separating ourselves from the ego, never eliminating the ego. We just become the observer of it. And we sit in that place of wisdom where we see that nothing is permanent, that there is no real self. The self is kind of a construct and that, you know, we are part of something greater 
and we are able to cease all of our constant striving and wanting and attachment and instead move past greed, hatred, and delusion and sit in these virtuous states of being, equanimity, loving kindness, compassion, appreciative joy, we can see impermanence and selflessness and insubstantiality and feel and become those things and and just see a greater picture. And like I said, it is incredibly hard to fully put these into words, but the more you practice, the more you will come to understand these. And in turn, that brings a lot of peace into our lives and we become less reactive. We become more present. We become more peaceful because we stop striving and craving constantly. And we are not so wrapped up in our thoughts all the time and we can more observe them and take a step back and and watch our thoughts and our feelings and not let them fully take the driver's seat and rule all of our actions and behaviors. And then I haven't even touched on the modern science and what it says about meditation, <laughs> but relaxation and stress reduction in our world is so important. And this allows us time to just breathe and be with our body and arouse the parasympathetic nervous system so that we can calm our bodies and not constantly be in fight or flight mode. And also it actually changes our brain and the way we think. And so we take all of the wisdom and teachings that we've learned from these Eastern cultures and indigenous cultures and all of the teachings of the Buddha, and we combine them with the research, the latest research in neuroscience and psychology, and we see that there are plenty of reasons to be motivated and for us, for this practice to have value. So if it's something that's important to you, and you're needing extra motivation, remember some of these things of how it can benefit your life in both a spiritual way, a virtuous way, helping you live a more virtuous life and also peaceful life, happier life, joyful life, and strengthen your relationships and also help you you physically with stress reduction because we know that stress impacts the body in a great way and can actually be related to diseases and and our overall health. And it can also rewire our brains. And anyways, oh my gosh, I think I've beat it to death, but I really could (laughs) go on forever because it's truly what motivates you. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. I'm explaining all of these different things and hoping that You know, whatever resonates with you is what you can hold on to in that it keeps you motivated to show up every day because it's not just motivation doesn't come easy. The next thing I wanted to talk about are some like more nitty gritty like tips on little things that you can do to also develop a practice because it's not just motivation. Like you will not be motivated every day. And even when you know the greater purpose, it's still not always going to get you to sit your butt down on a cushion or a chair or whatever it is. So I thought I would share some tips that I have learned over the course of the past few years on 
habit building and specifically specific to meditation, building a practice and staying consistent. So number one is making it a ritual. Lighting incense, playing some meditation music, setting a timer with bells or whatever it is, that those aren't just woo-woo things. Sitting in the same chair that you do every day, sitting in the same spot, using the same blanket, it's not about being woo-woo. It is, it is about training your mind to make it a safe, comfy environment, a relaxing environment, a space that when you smell that incense, you automatically, your brain associates it with, I'm meditating. So developing a ritual in that way to make it an inspiring space for you, free of clutter, free of, or if free of clutter doesn't do it for you, you know, make sure that it's a quiet space. (laughs) I know a lot of us are moms and, but a lot of us, you know, have pets, lovers, whoever in their household. And it's like, this is your time to be with you. If music helps you, turn it on. If it doesn't help you, don't turn it on. And, you know, sitting in stillness, a space that you can fully sit in stillness. And then doing the same thing every day is really powerful. Another way, if you're really just wanting to get started with it, is to pair it with something that you already do. So if you want to meditate in the morning, and you know that you always get your coffee first thing in the morning, get your coffee and then go sit down on the cushion for 15 minutes and just prioritize it. I mean, factor it into your day. Morning is really powerful because it's starting your day off the right way. It's the more, the longer you wait. I have found the longer I wait, the more excuses I make. So starting your day off with it is really powerful. Not starting off with too grand of a goal and just telling myself, hey, you just have to get up 15 minutes earlier. That's it. 15 minutes. You can do it. And also something that I have found sets myself up for success when I'm building a new habit. And this I've read in a few books So I'm trying to think of, I want to credit everyone properly. Um, You know, the You Are a Badass books um, by Jen Sincero, the habits one. (laughs) And, And then I've read it in a couple others, but that is the one that is vividly sticking out to me. But something powerful in building a new habit, and specifically with meditation, if you're wanting to build this habit, is to give yourself some time to actually build the habit and come up with a mantra that is related to building that habit and writing down whatever resonates most with you, the words that resonate most with you. So for me, when I was writing, trying to come up with a mantra for building a habit, recently my habit has been trying to build back up just moving my body every day. So I wrote down I am a woman who prioritizes her health because you want to think about why do I want to build this habit? Why do I want to do it? Who do I want to become? And when you think of like, okay, the person that does this habit, who is that person? What do they embody? Why is it powerful? How do they behave? How do, who do I want to be? 
by building this habit and then writing down your mantra based on that and then repeat your mantra constantly in the morning before you go to bed, middle of the day, 10 times a day, multiple times a day, (laughs) you're repeating your mantra so that you can remember something that it's something greater than just forcing yourself to sit on a cushion. It's who you want to become, the change that you want to see in yourself. So that's a powerful little tool that has helped me in building a, a meditation practice. And finally, thinking about any other obstacles that you might have in your way that typically get in your way when you sit down to meditate, like what, what comes up for you and, and how can you challenge those and how can you set yourself up for success? So maybe you sit down to meditate, but you never can get yourself to sit down to meditate because when you go to meditate, you pass through your busy kitchen with all of your kids and everyone yelling at you before you can even sit down. Okay. That is very valid. (laughs) How can we change that? Or maybe you see your computer on your way to go sit down to meditate and you think, I'll just check some emails. How can you set yourself up to change that or for success to where you won't get sucked in to your family life or your work life before you sit down to meditate? So perhaps you move your meditation spot into your bedroom, a corner of your bedroom that you make really special and you kick everyone out. As soon as you wake up, you sit down and you do it, looking at your obstacles, thinking what stands in my way a lot of the time and then how can I set myself up for success? Is it you can't do anything before brushing your teeth, so you go in and brush your teeth, but you play Tibetan bells while you're brushing your teeth to get you mentally prepared that you are going to sit down on your cushion right after you brush your teeth. I don't know. Spitball in here. (laughs) But just some ideas to build the actual habit because it is a habit and it's and it's hard to stick with. So and and then there was one other other thing that I wanted to bring up. There are there's something known as the three jewels of Buddhism. And that is uh, the Buddha, the Dharma, which is like the Dharma is the doctrine, the teaching of Buddhism. And the Sangha. The Sangha is community. The Sangha is gathering together in meditation. So if you're struggling still, but you this is important to you, then you could always find a Sangha, find a group to meditate with and come together in community and meditate with a group. And what's worked for me, I actually am not, I'm a part of a Sangha now, but for the longest time I wasn't, I meditated on my own, but I had a coach and I would meet with her once a week and I would get re-inspired to meditate. And these are, that's just another option, a coach or a Sangha and I hate the word account- accountability too. I don't know why it feels icky and harsh, but a space that you can feel re-energized by the benefits of meditation. So with that being said, it is time to do a meditation here. And I thought that for today's meditation, for this episode's meditation, I should say, I would 
kind of do another basic introductory to meditation and like what it is, how to do it, and just explain how to do it through just the most basic form of meditation. So there are a million kind of visualizations you can do and a million mantras you can repeat, but I thought I would start with the basics of tuning into your body, becoming the observer, and then from there, you can add in mantras to focus on or do different kinds of meditation like loving kindness or visualization meditations as well. So with that being said, let's do just a basic meditation that you can sit down and show up with every single day. Go ahead and let's close our eyes. Get in a comfortable seat. You can also lay down. Just making sure that you're sitting up nice and tall as to not fall asleep or get drowsy. <sighs> Staying alert but relaxed. And we're just going to tune into our breathing exactly as it is. Not trying to change it. Notice the way it feels going through your nose and out your nose. Feel your body releasing with each exhale. Just a little bit at a time. And keep focusing on the breath. Watching it. The way the breath gives you life. As thoughts come up, don't shove them away or get frustrated or judge them. Instead, I want you to greet them. Say hello from a distance. As soon as you notice that your mind has wandered, just greet the thought. Invite it to stay as you watch it. And then bring your attention back to your breath. Every time your mind wanders, bring your attention back to your breath, back to your body. And I want you to relax each part of your body as you watch the breath. Notice any tension in your body. Be with whatever is here right now, without judgment, 
without trying to change it. You might hear a noise that brings your attention somewhere else, and that's okay. As soon as you notice, just come back to the breath.
And for the next few minutes, I want you to shift your focus to a mantra that is practicing loving kindness for either yourself or others. Some words that resonate with you. that feel powerful and loving in your body. And as you repeat your mantra, continue breathing and feel the words in your body. And we're just going to focus on that mantra repeatedly and when your mind wanders same thing greet the thoughts and feelings with love and compassion and bring the attention back to your breath back to your mantra
Now, before we return back to the world, (laughs) the human experience, I want you to remember this feeling. This wisdom of equanimity, compassion, loving kindness, appreciative joy, and I want you to carry it with you throughout your day. Remember that it's here. All you have to do is return to your body, return to your breath, where that wisdom lives. Let's count down our 10 final breaths. Once you count down to one, that final breath, you can begin to wiggle your fingers and your toes and slowly open your eyes whenever you're ready. And remember that this wisdom, this peace is always within you. You just have to return to your body, to your breath, to your mantra, to remember. Thank you so much for meditating with me. All my love to you throughout your day, this week, your life. Thank you so much.